Everybody, welcome back to the Indiscriminate News Network. Philippine leader retains pact allowing U.S. war exercises. He probably wasn't happy with that one, but with China encroaching, he needs a strong defense behind his, uh, behind the Philippines' back, supporting him. The Philippines will have a large-scale combat exercise in the United States after President Rodrigo Duarte retracted a decision to determine a key defense pact in a move that may antagonize increasingly belligerent China. Listen, Philippines and China are no friends. They ain't going to get any better or worse at this point. Duarte's decision was announced by Defense Secretary Delfin Lorenzana in a joint news conference with the visiting U.S. counterpart Lloyd Austin in Manila. It's a step back for Philippines leader stunning a vow earlier in his term to distance himself from Washington and tried to rebuild frayed ties with China over years of territorial rifts in South China Sea. The president decided to recall or retract termination letter for the VFA. Lorenzo told reporters after a long hour meeting, um, hour long meeting with Austin, referring to the visiting forces agreement, there is no termination letter pending, and we are back on track. Austin thanked Duarte for the decision, which he said would further bolster the two nations' seventy-year treaty alliance. Our countries face a range of challenges from climate crisis to the pandemic, and as we do, a strong, resilient U.S.-Philippine alliance will remain vital to the security, stability of the prosperity of the Indo-Pacific. A fully restored VFA will help us achieve the goal together. Terminating the pact would have been a major blow to America's oldest alliance in Asia as Washington squares with Beijing and a range of issues, including trade, human rights, China's behavior on the South, sea, uh, South China Sea, while Beijing claims virtually in its entirety. The U.S. military presence in the region is seen as a counterbalance to China, which has used its force to assert claims in the vast area of disputed South China Sea, including construction of artificial islands equipped with airstrips and military installations. China has ignored and continues to defy 2016 international arbitration ruling that it invalidated its historic basis. Okay, International Space Station. UK condemns reckless Russia after its Nakul rocket causes ISS emergency. The mishap of Russia's uh, module came three hours after it had latched onto the uh, ISS. British military chief condemned Russia for its reckless behavior in space as it, its rocket threw the International Space Station out of position. After docking with the ISS, propulsion devices on Russia's not-collaborative module unexpectedly fired, moving the station 45 degrees of attitude. Seven crew members aboard, two Russian cosmonauts and three NASA astronauts, a Japanese astronaut and a European Space Agency astronaut from France were not in any immediate danger and didn't feel any movement. Um, little movements like that, if not adjusted, <laughs> I'm pretty sure cause great danger. The emergency came as two... Air Chief Sir Mike Wigston, head of Royal Air Force, and General Sir Patrick Sanders, Commander Sergei Command, accused both Russia and China of acting irresponsibly in space. Okay. Iran's move to restrict internet access faces opposition. Controversial bill also seeks to criminalize production and distribution of VPNs, which bypass internet filters. Iran has taken another step toward restricting internet access for the country's parliament, approved a bill that calls for banning popular social media messengers and replacing them with local versions. The controversial bill, protecting the rights of users in cyberspace and organizing social media messengers, seek to criminalize the production and distribution of VPNs, which are used to bypass internet filters in Iran. Basically, they want to see everything that you dare try to hide from us. All right. News out of New York. Cuomo begs businesses to return to New York after devastating shutdown. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is calling for companies to end remote work and bring staff back to the office by Labor Day in order to support local businesses. In a virtual meeting with the Association of Better New York, Cuomo said that while 
remote work like where I was going was okay in the short term. People need <laughs> people need to return to being in person. Yeah, he wants them back in the city because uh, people just moved out of the city because so they could work remotely, and that means obviously a lot less um, money getting poured into the city taxes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, New York City pushes back against the Blasio mandate to get vaccinated. Okay, uh, remember we have to get back. This is from Kumo. Remember, I have to get back. We have to get people back in volume. If you were to see a fifteen percent decline in people coming back to New York City, that would have a devastating impact on the commercial market. Yeah, they're not coming back. Maybe unless they're unless they're forced to. You know, you can make your New York wages while living, and uh, you know, the state across in in uh, Connecticut, in a nice little town on the ocean a fraction of what you were paying in New York City. You want to go back to the hustle and bustle, especially if you have a family? Probably not. We need people coming back, he reiterated later on, say to your workforce, by a day, Labor Day, everybody back in the office. We need that volume to support the restaurants, the shop, and the services. It's not just about your business, it's about the spin-off effect of economic activity that your workers bring to the surrounding community. This comes almost eight months after Kumo faced criticism for shutting down indoor dining. Yeah, well, come on, dude, whose fault is that? You shut, you shut down everything. People are just going to leave. Uh, this comes eight months after Kumo faced Kristen for shutting down indoor dining in New York City in December after they previously reopened to limited capacity. The governor cited an increase of COVID-19 cases hospitalizations, even though the state had released a contract tracing data that showed bars and restaurants accounted for 1.3% of COVID-19 cases ending that November. The New York City Hospitality Alliance released a statement at the time pointing out that Manhattan, which has the most restaurants, it had a positive area of 2.7, while other counties were far higher, such as Albany, uh, Westchester was 6, Albany 7.2, Westchester was 6, and Suffolk was 6.2. Despite those numbers, only New York City's restaurants were shut down for indoor dying. I'm going to fill in the effects. Uh, okay. Some blurb from somebody here. Let me see me straight. When Republicans have been trying to say that it means that the science denier, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. That's political drool. All right. Tokyo wants to upgrade Japan's defense capacity. A demographic, a demographic crisis could get in the way. In July, the Ministry of Defense released its annual Defense of Jap Japan white paper outlining the current state of Japan's defense security policies and regional global threats. Typically, the 500-plus page document arrives without much fanfare, but Japan's East Asian neighbors expressed outrage over this year's warlike cover, protesting the ink drawing of a warrior on the back of a warrior on horseback. Taiwan, on the other hand, praised Japan's firmer stance on the importance of Taiwan's, uh, Taiwan to regional security. To analysis, this paper gives some indication that uh, Japan can meet long-standing U.S. desire for a more assertive security presence. Security experts have argued for several years that Japan is ready to break free of the confines of the peace constitution that's forbidden from aggressively, uh, forbidden aggressive security policy for more than 75 years. Leaving aside any artwork controversy, there's one clear reason fears and hopes rematerialized Japan are unwarranted. With more than 25% of the population aged 65 or older, wow, Japan has a limited ability to significantly increase its security capabilities to disrupt East Asia balance of power. Okay. I'm going to finish off with this one. American indifference to Cuba is the end of an era. Suppose they gave a revolution and nobody cared. Just two weeks ago, thousands of Cubans joined the largest public protest in decades, beginning in one city, focusing on economic concerns, demonstrated demonstrations that spread across the country and turned into the government against uh, turned against the government. 
Libertad, Libertad chanted protesters, Liberty, Liberty. Despite the inspire, this inspiring beginning, the nascent movement has entered the crackdown phase. Hundreds of dissidents are being detained, and many others are subject to heightened surveillance. Since the failure of Bay, the Bay of Pigs operation, many Americans have dreamed of freeing Cuba from a communist rule. So it's striking how muted the U.S. reaction has been. Beyond issuing is a bland statement. Well, it's muted because we're going through some you know crap over right now, too. Uh, the White House response was it to impose sanctions on a single official. Perhaps that's all that could be expected of a Democrat who lost Florida. Cuban-American activists tried to raise, this is from the week, by the way, raise temperature with rallies in Miami, Los Angeles, Washington, even so congressional Republicans are politely avoiding the issue and conservative media have treated recent developments as a humanitarian story rather than a political rallying cry. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jason Eclair. Take care. Hope everybody's doing well. Bye.